It's always nice to share with each other, isn't it? It's because you guys are so wonderful. Well, Jesus said you were wonderful. And you're very brave to be here after last week. So um, I'd like to start by looking into chapter 1 of the book of Acts. If I can find it here. Oh yeah, it's at the beginning. Anyway, chapter 1 in the book of Acts. And I just want to start reading in verse 1 through to verse 11. So if you have your Bibles and you want to follow along, Acts chapter 1, verse 1. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and the cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Jesus is coming soon. We need to be ready for his return and always remember the future. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you've gathered us together as your people in this place today. And I thank you that you've given us your Holy Spirit, who is our teacher. Lord, will you teach us today, and will you strengthen our faith to believe and to lay hold of every promise that you give, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Excuse me just a moment. Many years ago, I visited a church service where the guest speaker was a nationally known leader of his denomination. He was famous, it was a big deal, and they brought him up to the pulpit with really quite a lot of honor and respect. And he began to preach about when Jesus will return. And he said, we don't know the hour or the day, but we do know the year. And I know you want to know that. 
So because I was there, I will tell you, based on that authority, I can confidently tell you Jesus will return in the year 2000. You didn't miss it, did you? Jesus told his followers, it is not for you to know the times or the dates set by the Father. But I think sometimes Christians ignore this word of Jesus more than any other. It's just like that church leader. It seems many of us can't resist trying to figure it out. There's a whole Christian media industry devoted to it. They have books and movies that purport to give you a detailed calendar of everything that's going to happen and what order it's going to happen in and complete with this terrifying descriptions of the coming tribulation. One book I read predicted that all the water in the United States was going to dry up by 1979. It's difficult to get people to do serious Bible reading on the teachings of Jesus. But those same people will spend hours trying to decode the 70 weeks of Daniel or who the Antichrist really is. It's either Donald Trump or Joe Biden, depending on your politics. <clears throat> are we supposed to try to guess the end? Or are we being distracted from what Jesus really wants us to know about the future? This is the final part of our series, Statement of Faith. I hope you've enjoyed the journey as much as I have. The Holy Spirit has been teaching us. And we've been learning and strengthening the foundations of our faith for God to build on. Now some might say, why bother with all this doctrine? Isn't it enough that I accept Jesus and love him? But the reality of a person is based on what we believe. What we believe will set our priorities. It will determine our course. Faith built on the truth of the Bible has power. And it needs to be expressed in our lives in a way that makes a difference and that people can see. The Grand Valley Church Statement of Faith says, We believe in Christ's imminent personal return in power and great glory and in his present and everlasting dominion. We believe in the resurrection of both the saved and the lost. They that are saved unto the resurrection of eternal life and they that are lost unto the resurrection of eternal punishment. Everyone would like to know what the future holds. What's going to happen next? We want to know if humans will reach Mars or if the Maple Leafs will ever win the Stanley Cup. And people want to know what will happen when Jesus returns. The disciples ask these same kind of questions we saw in the chapter in Acts. Lord, is it now? They would ask Jesus what signs would accompany his return and what signs would show the end of the world was coming. And you know, if you read in Matthew 24, Jesus described all sorts of wars and disasters and uh, evil things that people would do. And then Jesus said, those aren't the signs of the end. The end time was something Jesus taught about a lot, though. He talked a lot about his return. But his emphasis wasn't on looking for signs to predict the future. It was about watching, staying alert, and being ready. Jesus didn't talk about how we can know when he'll return. He talked about how we should behave until he does return. He said, be dressed ready for service and keep your lamps burning like servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. 
It will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. And he, Jesus said, So you also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Jesus said, Be ready. Being ready means keep doing what he told us to do. Keep being his witnesses. Preach the good news to every nation. Love each other. Put to good use the things he gave us. Be faithful. And do this at all times because we don't know when he will appear. If you knew that Jesus was coming back tomorrow, what would you do differently? Think about that a moment. If you knew Jesus was coming back tomorrow, what would you do differently? Would you stop doing certain things? Would you start doing certain things? Would you do more of certain things? It's a challenging question. According to Jesus, the correct answer is, I'm already doing it. We're, already, we're getting ready by doing what Jesus has told us to do. The teaching of the return of Christ is one I think that these days we don't pay enough attention to. And I think one of the reasons is, the, the reason I describe is that sometimes the only thing you hear about it is all sorts of theories and, about what the signs of the end are. And I think, but I think another reason is that we get very focused on day-to-day -day events. You know, life takes up 24 hours of every day. And we're caught up in the realities of the here and now. And the promise of the future seems so far away that it's easy to forget it. But our statement of faith says, don't forget to remember the future. Believers need to have a future focus. In 2 Peter, we read, in keeping with his promise, we're looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. Looking forward, thinking about it. When you look forward, I'm looking forward to Christmas, which means I'm starting to think about it. What am I going to do? What are we going to eat? What am I going to cook? What kind of, what, I have to buy Barbara a present. So we're looking forward. And remembering the future makes a difference in the way we live today. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, says Peter, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. When we remember the day that is coming, our value system should change. It should remind us where we need to place our trust. You'll look pretty foolish if you put your trust in money or real estate and then when the day comes and it all burns up. Jesus said to store up riches in heaven by investing in things that are eternal. Now we all know that when we're young, it's the right thing to do to invest in our education or to invest in our career. And we know that when we get older, it's the right thing to do to work, to work hard and save hard and invest for our retirement. But what provision are we making for our eternal soul? And what are we investing to be ready for eternity? You'd think someone was foolish if they didn't save for their retirement. But my retirement's going to last 20 years, 30. Eternity's forever. What are we investing in eternity now? When we remember the future, it gives us hope in trials and tribulations. The Bible says, do not lose heart when we face tribulation because our light and momentary trials 
are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. We have hope that no matter what enemies we face, a day of vindication is coming when we'll share in Christ's victory and he will make everything right. We have hope that goes beyond death because the coming return of Jesus is proof that death is only temporary and that heaven awaits us. Peter wrote that in the last days, people would scoff and say, where is this coming he promised? But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. And this tells us that no matter how long it takes, time cannot weaken or cancel the promise of God. Time is irrelevant to the faithfulness of God. He will do what he promised to do. And this Jesus, who was taken up into heaven, will come back. Jesus said this, Then will appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and all the peoples of the earth will mourn when they see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of the heavens to the other. That's in Matthew 24. And in 1 Thessalonians 4, we read, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. When Jesus comes back, everybody will know about it. Every eye will see him. It won't be a secret. It won't be like the first time when he returns, Jesus will come as a victorious king. Jesus won't come again to sacrifice himself for people's sins. He won't come again to give people one last chance to believe and to follow him because it will be the end. It'll be over. Jesus will come again for his faithful ones. The victory will go to those who have fought in the battle by his side. To the faithful, he'll come. To the faithful who didn't compromise the truth. To those who resisted the counterfeit philosophies of the world's so-called wisdom. He will come for the faithful who aren't looking for an easy way of life or an easy way out. He'll come from the faithful whose faith has been tried and tested in tribulation. He'll come for those who love him more than they love this world. He'll come for a faithful church, a pure and spotless bride. Those who follow Jesus will hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. People who rejected Jesus will be rejected by him. Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. When the trumpet sounds, the dead will be raised. Imperishable. The Bible says that when the perishable has been clothed with imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Resurrection is the ultimate destiny of every person who has ever lived 
and died on the earth. Whether or not they believe in Jesus, the resurrection of our bodies shows that who we are is who we will be. We will retain our identity in eternity. In eternity. Our unique personalities will never disappear or be destroyed. Well, they will be redeemed. And what we are becoming right now and the choices that we make now are significant because they will impact what we will be for eternity. What are you becoming right now? You know, you can only become what you're becoming right now. I keep that on a poster at my desk so I can read it when I'm writing up sermons and things. When I was an atheist, I thought, well, if there is a God, I'll have this moment at the very end of my life where I will change my mind if I need to and I'll be converted then if I need to. Just at the last end, just as that truck comes barreling down the road and is ready to hit me. You know. Just, 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 I don't need to be a Christian for one second. But it's nonsense. You won't become any, you need, will only become what you're becoming right now. What are we becoming right now? Are you becoming a person who is learning to love God more and more? Are you becoming a person who's learning to give more and more? Are you becoming a person whose heart is being enlarged to love other people with the love of Jesus? Are you becoming someone who's fit for heaven? Or are you becoming someone who's moving further and further away from God? Someone who's going deeper and deeper into your own self and your own desires, sinking lower and lower into darkness. What are we becoming? It'll make a difference because Jesus will be the judge of every person. Jesus will be the final judge of every person who has lived on the earth, whether they believe in Jesus or not. The book of Revelation says, I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Another book was opened, which was the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Our names need to be written in the book of life. And we're already living in the last days. And the time of his appearing is closer now than it was when we first believed. If you knew that Jesus was coming back tomorrow, what would you do differently? Our faith speaks of who we really are when our actions show what we really believe. We want the world to see that we are people who don't just say Jesus is coming back, but that we're people who behave differently because he's coming back. Being ready for Christ's return is not about knowing dates and times. It's about knowing God. And being in line with his purposes and his plan for our future destiny. The statement of faith reminds us that our future destiny is to be with Jesus together forever. 
when you face the trials of life, and when troubles come to shake your faith, don't forget to remember your future is with Jesus. Whether it happens tomorrow or in a hundred years from now, our hope is in his return in great power and glory. Then Jesus himself will gather us together with all his followers. And Jesus himself will bring us to a new heaven and a new earth where we will live with God forever. Then all the tears will be dried. And every hurt will be healed. And the celebration will begin for the wedding of the Lamb and his bride. How our hearts yearn for it. Listen to what Jesus says. Hear the word of the Lord to the church. Look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me. And I will give to each person according to what they have done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all this, and I will be their God and they will be my children. The Spirit and the bride say, come. Let the one who hears say, come. Let the one who is thirsty come. And let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. He who testifies to these things says, yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all God's people. Amen and amen.